0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comics that have come out this week. Kicking it off with Riverdale Presents Southside Serpents, number one from Archie Comics. Story by David Barnett, art by Richard Ortiz. So this is part of a slate of comics that Archie has started releasing that aren't exactly in continuity with the show's. But they include the characters, the way they appear in the show. So they're kind of like halfway between the monthly comics and the shows themselves. They did this with a Madame Satan one-shot spinning off in Chilling yes. Adventures of Sabrina that we
1: talked about. This one, of course, is spinning off of Riverdale, as I the wish, title implies. I wish I would have yes. known that before I read it, because I read it and I was like, holy shit, everything's going to change.
0: Yeah. Well, no, it's out of continuity. They killed
1: some people in this comic. They kill,
0: straight up killed some people. Um, I got to tell you, I mean, to start there... I was surprised how hardcore this was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: me too. It this well, this book went hard from beginning to end and I will say it I like this. I, it, it's a it, to me, I mean Archie Comics for for a decade has been taking big swings with a lot of their their choices and a lot of the, especially their like one-shots like this and their limited series. But with this like um, putting it in between Riverdale uh, featuring Tony uh, yeah. Topaz, um, here, which was great. And then having both um, hot dog show up, drawn mm. like hot dog from the double digest, as well as a murder happening involving hot dog. I was like, OK, <laughs> we're going for it here. Yeah. Um, so the
0: plot of this book, uh, if you haven't picked it up, is that Jughead is tasked by FP to go rejuvenate the serpents. Uh, FP can see that they're getting older. He wants them to go out, get some young blood in there. Things go very, very wrong. Um, The thing that I think this book did so well is... The serpents are way too friendly on the TV show. They're supposed to be like the most hardcore biker gang, but there was like, we're hardcore. We're fucking helping out with community service. And now we're going to assist the police department. Look how hardcore we are here. They're an actual biker gang and they're treated like an actual biker gang. And it works really well to the devastating (laughs) end of the book.
2: Yeah. yeah, uh, I agree. And it was also nice to be, to take you back to um, uh, this time in Riverdale. Uh, we're all Riverdale fans. And to sort of position us sort of earlier, like what well, this was like season two, Riverdale, it feel, felt like, um, was really fun as well.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. I, Definitely
2: check. Oh, go ahead, Pete. Wait, Pete's got a way. Yeah, wait.
1: I, I really like this. I loved all the action. It moves really well. It feels like Riverdale, but it has its own kind of flavor, which is cool for the comic. And, uh, yeah, I thought the art was great and the storytelling was really impressive how well uh, this moved. Um, I, I had a great time.
2: A lot of biker gangs have a crown that the um, head of the gang wears. This is true. Like the Hell's Angels. Yep. Very famously. Uh, and, and the Sons second of biker
0: gang that we could name,
2: which is, what is that, Justin? Um, that biker gang? Uh, there's the um, the Wheels. The Wheelies. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Wheelers. The Wheelers. The wheelie- the, the wheelers that's yes. it. Captain Marvel, number
0: 25 from Marvel, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Lee Garbett. This is a title that we haven't talked about too much, but as it is hitting an anniversary issue, we do like Kelly Thompson in particular here yep. on the show. I figured it was worth talking about here. Captain Marvel is trapped in a post-apocalyptic future where the son do. of Namor and Amara has laid waste to everything, using Captain Marvel for his evil plan. Uh, as usual with Kelly Thompson book, I thought this was a lot of fun. I had a, I had a blast reading this. What about you guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, as parents, uh, you have to feel that, like, if your son or daughter stabs a, a stuffed animal dolphin, uh, you better, you know, address that early. Otherwise, that's really going to get out of hand and
2: leave. Well, the question in- is. For at least in my household, is it during stabbing practice or is it on the own time? Oh, um, oh no! Because if it's during stabbing practice, obviously it's that's good. Yeah. But it's I'll fine. I'll tell you
0: what, quarantine school has been weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're doing a lot of a lot of real post apocalyptic lessons are going around. Obviously, Pete, you're not a parent, but like, there's a lot of like. Um, zombie preparation Smart. Um, How to so Like early cannibalism stuff Is, yeah. going is it definitely like machete to my son's and stuff thing like And
0: the teacher on the Zoom uh, Was saying Okay first graders Are you distilling your pee properly So you can <laughs> oh drink it Oh
2: my god that was yeah. so creepy. That's why it's really important to potty train him so you don't lose that precious pee. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> What'd you think about this book?
1: Pete? Uh, I loved it. Oh,
2: that was gross. Precious pee. Oh man, I don't want it to oh.
1: Yeah, I really like this. A lot of over the top action, which I enjoyed. Uh fun kind of Namor story, you know. Classic tale of uh, raising somebody who is going to murder their father. You know, it's just classic fun stuff. You guys have to be worried about that getting murdered by your own kids. That's got to be something <laughs> that keep, weighs on you. You keep throwing this back on us. You know, yeah. I mean, that's something that you got to be worried a little bit about as a parent that you're raising I'm the person who's going to kill about you. You
0: killing me, Pete? That I have my kids at
1: this point. Oh well, that's hundred percent smart. That's, smart.
2: Yes. that's the real. That's the real threat. <laughs> we keeps us up nights. But
1: speaking of things, I love that our. Oh go ahead. I love the art. I love the action. Uh this is some great uh yeah, Thor was just fantastic and this is really fun.
2: Yeah, Bridget. Um I do th- it's funny reading this alongside uh Future State over on the DC yeah. side of things cuz it feels very much like a Future State book in the Marvel universe. And it's fun. I like books that take uh that take us into alternate futures where shit's fucked up.
0: Well, let's go to an alternate present where shit is fucked up in the Department of Truth. Number five, oh from image comics written by James Town and the fourth art by Martin Simmons. This is a big one for anybody who's reading the series. It's about a department that is tasked with taking care of conspiracy theories. Here our main characters finding out a bunch more about the other side, Black Hat and what's going on with them. Maybe um, this doesn't change everything, but it certainly comes close to it. How'd you feel about this issue?
2: I I've not been shy to say I love this series. I think this series is like just so present. It feels so real. It's about um, how if enough people believe in conspiracy theories, they become real. And like what truth is, uh, it is like something I think we as a nation, as a world grapple with literally every day. And so this book uh, does such a good job between the art and the, the story of really just getting inside my brain.
1: Yeah, this is really kind of crazy cool. Like, the conspiracy stuff is one thing, but just the the art and the storytelling on, like, how this all kind of unfolds for the main character that we're following here is tripped out in all the right ways. It's um, It's just really great kind of, like, conspiracy storytelling that kind of feeds into fears and, like kind of like deep thoughts in, in all the right ways. I think this is a really creative book that is really doing an amazing job. I feel like we've said this here on the show before, but
0: it struck me with this issue in particular. This feels like a lost vertigo book down to the art yeah. and the writing and everything. And it's awesome. Uh, Firefly. Uh, oh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say just an, uh, an excellent vertigo book. Yeah.
0: That, uh, a lost vertigo, vertigo book that should have stayed lost was what I was saying. Whoa, wow. whoa. Should have stayed in
1: Karen Berger's draw. Oh, come on. What? Right? You mean drawer? Come on. You're saying drawer? drawers? Yeah, I was trying to say that. Okay. Firefly <laughs> number 25 from Boom
0: Studios, written by Greg Pack, Greg Art Pack! by Pius Bach. Uh, so we talked about uh, the special, The End of the Blue Sun Rising, as being an awesome Firefly story. Here. After all of this prequel stuff, we're moving beyond Serenity. We're showing what happens years later. Uh, there's some big twists here. Uh, I thought this is great. Like, I, as much as I like the stuff that went before, I'm very excited about this direction for the book. Uh, it tells a good story. Uh, if you have watched all of Firefly and Serenity, you can jump in right here. You don't have to read anything previous. And that is very exciting.
2: Yeah, for, for Greg Pak to tell a great story um, that really nails all the characters but it also feels like it's expanding the universe um, as a prequel and then to jump into like sort of where the story is continuing from um, any fan, whatever they've taken in for this show and movie – is great. Such a smart move. I love that it's he's guiding this ship.
1: Uh, I wanted to read something. Speaking of fans, a uh, fan uh, of our show reached out to me and was just wondering, you know, we had Fred Van Lanty on a bunch, but they're asking me when the fuck Greg Pock is going to be on, so I wanted to kind of turn that over to Alex and just be like, hey, you know, <laughs> when the fuck is Greg Pock going to be on their show so we can Let talk Let me throw this
2: him. out to you, Pete. Are you the fan that reached out to you?
1: Uh, no, no.
2: <laughs> Sounds a lot we'll try like to have him you. back
0: on soon We always love having him on the show Thanks for writing in Pete yeah. Let's move over to our <laughs> future state block Here's the issues that came out of future state this week Future State Suicide Squad Number one Future State Superman Versus Imperious Lex Number one Future State Dark Detective Number two Legion of Superheroes Number one Aquaman number one And Batman Superman Number one Now as we've been doing The past couple of weeks Instead of talking about Absolutely everything I want to call out What our favorites were And I'll turn to you for Justin first What was your favorite Or favorites From these uh, Future State titles this week
2: Once again I liked a lot of these books I feel like they've been Really crushing it But my favorites were uh let me throw it to Superman versus Imperious Lex oh, number one. Yeah, first.
0: That's what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> I say that's what uh, I figured because that was also my favorite. And that's a yeah. Mark It's written by Mark Russell, who's one of our favorites here on the show. Art by Steve Pugh. Uh and it shows a future state, a future society where Lex has taken over a planet, Superman and Lois come head to head with it. Uh, ridiculous parody and a lot of fun at the same time. Justin
2: and I, I do think Mark Russell's done such a good job. Um, he's he's so good at bringing real issues into his comic book work. Um, famous famously first on um, the Flintstones book that he did, um, and then a bunch of other things that he's done. And this to really weave um, weave big interesting ideas about um, how uh, people are. Populaces are controlled by their leaders and economics, how economics drives people into a a far future Superman United Planets Lex Luthor story, I think was great. There's a bunch of humor here as well. It's just, it's a book of ideas, and I love that. Pete,
1: what about you? What was, what jumped out at you this week? Uh, I liked Future State Dark Detectives number two. I really liked this kind of like, uh, Gritty future Batman, and um, I also really like the second story with a rose. Uh, I guessing Slade's daughter, uh, but yeah, uh, just.
0: The- That's an incontinuity character, by the way. That's not just a future state character. Oh, okay. Um, just for clarification. Thank you. Uh, but just to mention, before you get too far into it, uh, written by Mariko Tamaki and Joshua Williamson, art by Dan Mora, who you love from Once and Future. Yes, yeah. And Giannis um, Milinogiannis. Um, yeah, and the first story is about Bruce Wayne after he's been quote shot and killed, mm-hmm. uh, coming back and trying to figure out what he is now. The second one is a Red Hood story, which is basically straight up Akira uh, in a very fun way. Um, yeah, Justin, what do you think about this one?
2: I love. I, li- I like both of these stories. Um, the The Bruce Wayne story in the, at the front of this is so good. Like the art, the Dan Mora art is excellent, oh, and it really, really is. like. Uh, I would love to see this as just an ongoing series of Bruce Wayne in a um, um, in a future where he has been killed, like figuring out what he's going to do next and finding his way back is great. And then the backup um, story really felt a lot like um, Nightwing-Batgirl relationship, but mm-hmm. put on uh, with Red Hood and Rose, um, which I thought was a cool sort of mapping um, and with the Akira stuff you were talking about as well.
0: The one that I was completely surprise that I loved was Future State Aquaman number one, yeah, written by yeah. Tadis, art by Daniel Semperi. I don't usually like Aquaman stories at all, you but don't. this one is showing Aqualad, all grown up, training the daughter of Aquaman and Mara. Uh, they accidentally end up in the this conjoining of seas I think it's called the conjunction or something like that Yeah, that travels across different planets uh they get trapped they get separated Aqualad's been imprisoned for years uh and finally he spoiler but he gets some hope uh that the girl he's been in charge with maybe still alive somewhere this was badass like uh, it, yeah. like we were talking about this is something that I'm like I want to read this book. This is <laughs> such a strong concept right here. I want to see where this goes. I want to see them go through like a whole, uh, go through all these seas, go through all these worlds, try to find each other. Um, that's very exciting. And the art from Daniel Semperi oh is awesome as well. But fantastic i i i was my jaw dropped i was so surprised i like this so much
1: yeah and i really like the the black mantis stuff as well yeah it was mm-hmm. it was like the right amount of like beautiful tripped out colors for all these different kind of worlds and stuff i was really impressed by it
2: uh, i also want to throw it out to the suicide squad future state book mm-hmm. um this was really great as well um really surprising uh well-written dark take um featuring a ton of characters that I didn't expect to really see together and just really smart uh, observations of these characters.
1: The uh, the second story, uh, Black Adam really looks like The Rock. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> All right, yeah. guys, we get it.
0: Yeah, uh, that was that was a weird one for me. Uh, but just to mention the writing team on that, written by Robbie Thompson, Jeremy Adams, art by Javier Fernandez, Fernando Persarin. Uh And real quick before we wrap uh, wrap up here, the other ones: uh, Future State Legion of Superheroes number one, written by Brian Michael Bendis, gorgeous art as always by Riley Rosmo. That, uh, yeah, and then there's also Batman Superman number one, which That's is an what interesting I want to talk one interesting one written by Jun Liu and Yang and art by Ben Oliver, because this actually isn't very future state. Like this is if future state is 10, 15, 20, whatever years down the road, this is like five years down the road with our Batman and Superman right before things go wrong.
1: Which is a fascinating tack to take. Pete, take it away. Yeah, I really thought this was... First off, the banter back and forth between Superman and Batman was amazing. I also really liked this kind of false face thing. And then the su- yeah. Superman realizing why masks are good were, was really cool. And I really liked this Toad character that was introduced. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with this. Yeah, it might not have been that far in the future. But man, this was a really cool book. Uh, I really liked it. And um, I'm trying to think. I also read the uh, Batman uh, White Knight presents Harley Quinn number four. And that was
2: <laughs> totally unrelated. Hey, I'm just putting it out
1: there. We're doing a quick review thing here. And, uh... No, no, no. But that's not, it's not future. State. Well, it is uh, DC. You keep
0: doing this. I said you a list of comics. You're like, I read these five other comics. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm re- I, I just think that the story is really... I sp- just love comics. Great, the-
0: Pete, when we get to it, I read Amazing Spider-Man as well, so I, I just want to talk about that. Great, great. I just wanted to say real quick, though,
1: Not the much Harley happens. Quinn thing at first, the White Knight Presents, uh, I didn't... What are you but doing? now it's really going well, and I'm really impressed with it, and I thought it was a, a really great story, and it's worth checking out. Great. Really grabbing is, the mic. Uh,
0: how was Yusagi Ojimpo,
1: Pete? Uh, I uh, look forward to checking that out. Wow.
2: Wow. Shame. What a hater. Post-Americana. Um, oh. Yes, hold on, for, one last thing yes. about Future State. I think that DC should do this. Pick a month. Every year, do this. It's like it introduces so many interesting ideas. They could reflect whatever the ongoing stories are in the main titles in their Future State titles. Introduce a bunch of new artists and writers into I this world. I think that's world. what they're going like, to do. I, I don't think they're going to do that, I but I they wish are. they did.
0: <laughs> That's a great idea. I mean, it's clearly like it was originally there to give everybody space on the schedule and everything, at least in terms of the writers and artists. But this is great. I'm I'm so happy with all of these books. Yeah. I also want to
1: funny. say uh, in the Future State Legion one, uh, the amazing last page, that was, re- uh, that was a really fun issue.
2: Sure. Yes.
0: Post-Americana, number two from Image Comics, written in art by Dave Scucci. Uh This is a wild book. We talked about the first issue of this taking place in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, when we left off, our main characters have been captured by cannibals who wear human skin. That's where this issue picks up. Pete, you got to love that. Picks up right where it left off, oh, basically. A huge fan. Uh, this book is fucked up in exactly the right way. It's like crossed, but not as dark, I guess,
2: and with a little bit more of a mission to it. I don't know. It feels a lot just like crossed. Um, I don't know where you're seeing the less darkness. There's less like coming on bullets before you shoot them at people. But uh, sure, that's fair. I would say Uh, it's like like
0: the the main lady has uh, no limbs, but she calls her robot limbs and then kicks the ass of a cannibal. So
1: that's pretty. It's like Iron Man. Yeah, I would say this is like a really dark version of Wally a little bit, you know, like a a fucked up (laughs) Wally.
0: Oh, Wally. Interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't get that.
0: Well, okay. there's a male character and there's a female character like Eva.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, none, none of them are robots. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of other people there, many of them cannibals, yeah. which if I remember Wally correctly, there's it's very light on cannibalism. Am I wrong
1: there? <laughs> yeah, it is. Did you watch the director's cut? Yeah. It's on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Well, I was just talking about yeah. the people who are on vacation, like looking at the news and kind of taking it all in, and that kind of little bit was very
2: Wally. Oh, I see. Yes, I mean, that, to be fair, that is reminiscent of Wally. That was one panel in yep. this. <laughs> Still
1: reminded me of Wally, dickhead.
2: You said this book is like a fucked up yeah. Wally. And that is that is taking one panel and being like, well, it's this a- is. If I if I heard that description, I was like, oh, okay, fucked up Wally. I love Wally. I wish it was more fucked up. Let me read it. And I, I was like, what is that dude Pete talking about? Because there's
1: one panel that really reminds you of Wally.
2: Okay, I, I, uh, it's hard to a, argue. This is with a you
0: fictional think. story like Wally.
2: Yeah. <laughs> My life's a lot like Wally. And then um, I occasionally watch a silent film. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, this, this book is insanely over-the-top on purpose, but I'm enjoying it. I Two am, issues too. In, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Let's move on and talk about Daredevil number 26 from Marvel, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Marco Ciccetto and meek Hotharn, Mike Hawthorne. Excuse me, I don't know why it's spelled Meek, like the character from... Uh, uh Guardians of the Galaxy not Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And uh, uh World War Hulk.
2: Yeah, yeah we could just cut this part out. Of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> World War Hulk My is right.
0: Cothorn, uh this is Taking Daredevil who is in prison, mixing it up with King and Black. It is intense and fucked up, uh, with an amazing last battle. I'll tell you what, I am like vehemently against venomizing everything in the Marvel universe yet. I love this and I'm not 100% sure why.
2: Well, I think it's just really well handled. Like, um, the, the, there's a sort of kid, uh, kid and parent venomization here that like is legit scary. I love, um, The Electra taking over. Daredevil's in prison. I love Electra being the Daredevil on the street. That's such a fun story. To see them all having to handle the King in Black stuff is wild, and I love that it didn't take over. All the characters get to shine still. And this last bit where we – spoiler, but Daredevil gets venomized, and you get to be in his head. um, You love that. I loved it. Uh, I thought it was so smart.
1: Yeah, I was really. There's a lot in this comic which is great. A lot of very interesting ideas in this uh, comic. the The whole prison scene and where Devil is getting kind of like lectured and talking about the difference between white and black. Only he can just take off the mask and be somebody else. Really powerful stuff. Really cool. I. It's very interesting to see Kingpin. I am not tired of this idea of like kingpin being a, a public figure and like we know him as this evil person and he's like it's just very I, I love this idea and I'm not sick of it and I hope it continues to run well, Daredevil. One thing that I really loved was
0: getting to see when the the moment when the mayor of New York finds out that Venom symbiotes have attacked the city. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's something that you never really get to see at all in a comic book crossover because it's always focusing on the Avengers, focusing on the superheroes. You never get to see the government, except later on when Captain America is like, can you send out the national guard? And they're like, "Yeah, absolutely." So you never get to see that moment. Where they're like, "Oh, uh, aliens are attacking again. You got to get out of here." Yeah.
2: It's funny you say that because I feel like I've heard Mayor De Blasio talk a lot about ven- the venomization <laughs> oh, yeah. of he New York. He always <laughs> talks about that. I'm sick. <laughs> but, I mean, to be fair, he's jumping. He's often jumping to conclusions. Right.
0: Well, you remember when those venom symbiotes attacked New York, and he's like, "Alternate side of the street parking <laughs> has been suspended."
2: <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, very yeah. New York. Great, co-
0: Great comic, though. Let's move on and talk about Monstrous, number 31 from Image Comics, written by Marjorie Liu, art by Nana Takeda. Uh, now, we had talked about Monstrous Talk Stories, the two-part book that came out before yeah. this. Uh after not talking about monsters for a very long period of time, I thought those were awesome. So I thought it was worth checking out this book, the main book, and seeing how it's going. Um, I still love the art in this. This is such a weird, wild world that it's fascinating to jump in with. The mythology is so different and interesting to read. Uh, but what did you guys think
2: about it? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. This is very much to me, and I haven't read a lot of this book, but it's very much to me like – Um, all of the cutscenes from a Final Fantasy game just sort of put together. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I love, I love that. So I thought this was a fun read. Yeah. The art,
1: (laughs) the art is really impressive in, in this book. And I, I, it's really a lot of fun like the the different monsters and stuff and the different kind of animal people that we kind of see in this is very cool and worth checking out alone but you guys uh this has to be a dream of yours to s- you know sit down and have like a you know going? father know uh, is, daughter yeah. conversation as you sit on a pile of skulls and just kind of have like you know a father daughter talk or a father son talk that's got to be something that you guys look forward to as
2: parents hmm didn't go where I thought it was. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, right after stabbing practice, obviously, yeah, we obviously do send skulls after, Yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. Let's move on and talk about the other history of the DC Universe, number two from DC Comics, written yeah. by John Ridley, art by Giuseppe We're the first issue of this book, focused on Black Lightning. Here, we're jumping over to the Teen Titans, looking to two characters there. Uh, i, I got to tell you, I mean, this issue was phenomenal as the first issue is so phenomenal. It's fascinating personally reading this for me because I am much more familiar with what happened with Black Lightning and there's much more touchstones in that book than here because I never read Teen Titans growing up. I had no idea what was going on there, the continuity. So this is definitely the Like, I understand this feels like the decades, but none of these stories other than Titans Hunt, which we talked about on a live show a couple of months ago, uh, and some of the Deathstroke stuff, none of it really feels familiar with me. But at the same time, I love this story, and I love the idea of taking two characters who are in Teen Titans, showing their diverse Opinions, their diverse ideas, views of what was going on throughout the history of the DC universe. Uh, This is such a cool project. It's very exciting.
2: Yeah, it's just so – it's so smart the way it it like takes uh, two characters and really like weaves their stories together with observations that – like a lot of the things that happen in in this from the original comics are ridiculous. But to then weave them into one story – Um, with with actual commentary of what a real person would think i think it it just it works so well on top of that weaving in like real world events and uh, the perspective um, of these two african-american characters in a world where uh which they talk about a lot where it's everyone else is white essentially is it's just it's really well done it's this is necessary reading I think right
1: now. Yeah, I, I didn't know how much I wanted this until it, it happened. Like uh, just to have that kind of commentary on the stuff uh that we know from the years of, of reading comics and it, it's just so so rich and great and such a cool idea. Uh I, art's amazing. I'm really impressed with the writing and storytelling. Yeah, it's a it's a must pick up. Great stuff. Let's move on to talk about Nailbiter biter returns number nine from image
0: comics written by Joshua Williamson. Art by Mike Henderson. Not not Meek Henderson
2: or anything like no, that. Would that be. would be great. <laughs> it would be so and much we'll, fun. I guess we'll have to cut this out too. Yes.
0: Uh so in this book, uh, we're finally getting a lot of answers about what has been going on in yes. Bakuru with the butchers. Um, we get the veil hooked back on the villain of the series. Um uh, another just great issue Like the, the mythology that they keep Fleshing out here is so impressive And so
2: much fun it's, And we finally get the eyeball Licking that I think we've all been oh, asking man.
0: for Absolutely, I've been begging for it I've been writing them every week, where is it? Where is it? Where is it?
1: Yeah, uh, you, got, you guys oh, are big eyeball lickers, this is right Up your yes. alley <laughs> uh, Yeah, This book has started In such a, a crazy place And I think, like every issue, like, oh, okay, now I understand. But it keeps getting more and more insane in such a great way. It it heightens and makes things uh, even better than you thought. I've been really impressed with the kind of unraveling of the stories, if you will. And, um, man, this is so intense and gross and over the top in all the right ways. The art's fantastic. And, man, eyeballs are gross. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I, But I agree. And like the amount of sort of dream logic that's been used in this book, I was really surprised by. Um, uh, But it's been great. And uh, it really keeps you guessing throughout.
0: Next one. I'm very excited. And I mean this earnestly to find out what Pete thought about this book. X-Men number 17 from Marvel Comics, written <laughs> oh. by Jonathan Hickman, art by Brett Booth. In this issue, the X-Men, in classic uniforms, X-Factor uniforms, journey to Shi'ar space and have a classic 90s-style fight
2: to save Lalandra. Pete. Save uh, uh, Zandra, Lalandra. Oh, yes. This generation's Lalandra. Yes,
0: sorry. Uh, Pete, if there is any issue of X-Men you had to like... It had to be this issue, right?
1: Sure. I mean, it was very kind of like, (laughs) it was a little 90s art that was a little bit like, holy crap, uh, when does this take place in the timeline? But man, uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. I mean, the phone call was a little ridiculous. um, And there was still something that I was supposed to read that didn't in the middle of it. Uh, oh my God, that but, was so much fun. That was, it was just so fun. Bobby I'll never know. I'll never chilling out, know. I'll never know. Having a hilarious time. I'll never. So funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's 90s X Men fun, is what it is, in, in all the right ways. Um, and so that's that part's very cool.
2: This to me was such a wild read. Coming off of X of Swords and everything that's been going on in the X Men books, to read this sort of like. Love letter to the Chris Claremont era of X Men, drawn by Brett Booth, with like all this like really goofy shit going on between like Sunspot and Cannonball Uh, throughout the whole issue. I was like, this it just feels like Jonathan Hickman is like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want, and then this is what I want to do right now as a palate cleanser after X of Swords, and here it is.
0: It's great. I could not believe when they had that splash page of Jean Grey and Cyclops in the X-Force uniforms, Storm in her classic uniform, just walking out and like posing in Rob Liefeld style. It's
2: great. There's there's this little, there's this panel on like page nine or something with um, Storms in the front and then behind you got like cyclops and gene just like flirting in the background i was just like this is so and i love i love seeing that like it was me too i was like it's such a flashback
0: and the other thing that we get a tease of here is there's going to be an actual vote online to choose the new member of the x-men which is so fun i just i love you think that's fun having fun with
2: what you think that's fun? Well. I do think it's fun. Here, let's yeah. list let's list the options here, and then we can let's hear who everybody thinks. We've got. Can we can Banshee. we talk about
1: the the in the middle of this giant epic fight? She calls uh, home for help, and we got to listen. To this douchebag talk about a fire sale and how he's making money off it. Do you guys know what a fire sale is? Do You know what? that I mean, this is like it's yes. it's very yes. it's, oh, I, it's it's very part, sunspot.
2: <sighs> yeah. That's what he it's also it was, it was fun. It was weird and fun. That's what the the point of it was. Cool.
0: <laughs> what is your problem with the X Men vote, Pete? Is it that you have to use a computer which you don't
1: know how to use yet? Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly it.
2: Okay. Let me throw it down. Let me th- list the the X Men: Banshee, Polaris, Forge, Boom Boom, Tempo, uh, huge hugely famous Tempo, uh, Cannonball, Sunspot, Strong Guy, Marrow, Armor, mm. Armor. Who's your pick? Ooh, armor, I do like armor. I go armor. Wait, uh, who is on it
0: then? Who is already on the team? Because I, I don't know the list. of That obviously, C- Cyclops, Jean Grey,
2: Storm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <either>. <laughs> um, I think it's sort of up up in the air. Maybe yeah. or wait, maybe who it's is decided. the first bunch again. Banshee, Rootsie Polaris, Forge, Boom
0: Boom, Tempo. Ooh! I want to see if Storm is on the team. I want to see Forge on the team because I want to see that like old '90s tension between them. That would be yeah, fun. Yeah, they had a
2: lot of tension. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going for Strong Guy. Really? Ooh, love I it. love Strong Guy. All right. He's no boom. Fun boom? character, funny character, a lot of pathos like underneath his um his powers. Like great, great character.
0: I gotta assume it's Wolverine is the other one, right? It's Wolverine, Storm. Cyclops, Jean Grey, and whoever the fifth one is?
2: I don't know. It's a bunch of X-Men. I don't know. We don't, we don't know. Remember, every other X-Men book has been like, look, a bunch of random X-Men. It's true.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's uh, throw it out to Pete LePage here with a gimme. Spawn number 314 Woo-hoo! from Image Comics written by Todd McFarland, Art by Kyler Barberi. In this issue, Spawn meets a larger Spawn. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and is immediately confused Fine. why this larger Spawn... Would be attacking him. He's like, hey, wait, we look similar. We should be on the same size giant spawn. What I love about this giant spawn, having
0: not read many issues of spawn before this, is it is entirely possible this large spawn was introduced prior or this large spawn was just introduced this issue. But either (laughs) way is fine.
2: And let me just throw out there, he fights a larger spawn, is captured, and then that larger spawn is like, it's time to meet my master, who is the large, an even larger An spawn.
1: even larger spawn, because you <laughs> the thought, all right, spawn. well, you can't get larger in that spawn. <laughs> and by the way, our spawn is so small in comparison to the large spawn, and then the even <laughs> larger one. But what's fun... Here's my question. Wait, why do they keep calling each other spawn? Because that's like...
0: Their designation, right? It would be like if we kept calling each other Human
1: or something like that. Sure. Yes. It's weird. Well Human. It, it
2: it is weird. Yeah, they should have a shorthand, because they're all in the spawn but business. I really together.
1: like this twist at the end where it's like, Oh man, you giant spawns are gonna get taken down by even smaller spawn. I was I, by, I what is no but that's he's not a spawn. I think he's sharp uh night guy. He's night spawn. That's still night no, spawn. <laughs> spawn. Was that medieval spawn? It's medieval spawn. I don't know if it's medieval. It looks like a <laughs> night spawn.
2: I think it. I did. Wasn't he introduced in like issue six or something crazy, like way back in the what, day? What medieval spawn? Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was. Before we move on
1: here, no, no, that was Pete, a crossover event where medieval spawn was its own comic series for a little. Dark Ages spawn. I'm,
2: yeah, that's and right. That's, I'm starting to think this Todd, uh, this Todd McFarlane guy's trying to sell some action
1: figures. Well, he is he makes a lot of them and it's smart uh because if i was a kid i would want all the spawns uh but the dark ages spawn is where but i as wrote an my family you <laughs>
2: yeah, you've put away childish things that's right and you'd have no interest in having any of these action figures
0: uh pete before we move on i just want to ask did you like this comic book yeah what's that to like
2: Really (laughs) high-pitched answer there, Pete And let's just, for the listener Pete is sitting on a pile of Spawn action figures, like as if they were Skulls Yes.
0: The Last God, number 12 from DC Comics Written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Riccardo Frederici. this is wrapping up The first, maybe Arc of this book, uh, but it definitely Wraps up the story that we have here As our uh, friends uh, To try to take down The Last God I guess. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, big revelations out. here, some big di- uh, deaths. Uh, what'd you think? How'd you think about this story as a whole over the course of
1: 12 Epic. Issues? Epic. I really love the storytelling. And I we mean that it's like we see them in action, but as the issues go on, we get little bits and pieces of their backstory. I think done so well uh, while telling a bigger story. Uh, the action and the lead up uh, of the ending of this was just really well done. Um, and, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of, you know, like songs or whatever, but it really kind of fit. <laughs> um, I I loved all the back matter and the maps and stuff. This was just a fantastic, epic story that I think really uh, 12 issues are just gold.
2: It's really uh, beautifully drawn. The story's great. And the fact that it ends with this, like, just great song where we see all the characters, uh, it feels just like a montage at the end of a epic trilogy. Sure. Like, I want to see this as a TV series more than I want to see the Lord of the Rings series that's mm-hmm. in development at Amazon. Wow. Couldn't agree more. Let's one talk about something is killing the children. Number
0: 14 from Boob Studios, art by James Tynan, the fourth art mm-hmm. by Werther Dendaria. Uh Here we're getting our hero finally fighting back against the monsters who are the ones killing the children. Uh, Justin, I know you've been frustrated is probably too strong a word, but you've definitely felt like this title needs to get somewhere. Did you feel like it got there with this issue?
2: Yes, it does feel like this is the issue that's sort of moving into uh, what this arc is about. Like when so many of the issues in this arc were very much like, we got to fight this stuff. We got to get out there and do this. And we were getting little tidbits. This arc, uh, let me restart over. This arc felt like it was going to be this huge backstory arc really getting us to the next phase. And then it didn't do that. And then this feels like it does. What about you,
1: Pete? How would you feel about this? issue? I, I disagree a little bit with Justin. I think this continues to be amazing. Uh, I didn't think it's uh,
2: very good. It, the art is very good. The fight sequences are awesome in this book. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I, I've i just I've been impressed with it from start to finish. But I think that, like, we do kind of get to see the main girl kind of use uh, yeah. her kind of veteran styles to kind of work her, her kind of magic a little bit. I'm glad we got to finally see that. And I love the whole bit about like her working out some anger issues. Oh, that just spoke to me in ways that you can't believe. But I want to get one of those masks to walk around uh, uh, with uh, like that she has. I think that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I can't uh, say enough great things about this book. This is really glorious. It's good stuff. Uh, moving on to
0: Strange Adventures, number eight from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Mitch Gerards and Evan Doc Shaner. In this issue, the Picts finally attack Earth. The whole Justice League is on the offensive. Adam Strange, of course, is caught in the middle. And in the backstory, finding out more about what's on with Adam Strange, and it is starting to feel like maybe he's the bad guy here. Uh, what do you guys think about what's going on?
2: Uh, I mean, there's... Go ahead, you go.
1: Yeah, so I've been a little frustrated with this up until this issue because I felt like we haven't really had enough information to really kind of piece together what's going on. And this, we get a lot of information, which is great and much needed. Um, The Very crazy, cool, touching stuff with the daughter here. Uh, Yeah, I felt like this finally started to click for me and I was like, oh my God, okay, now I'm understanding things a little bit more, and I want to go back and read it from the beginning. Uh,
2: I mean, this book is so good. It's such a stressful read. Yeah. Like, a lot of Tom King stuff, like, the tension in this book is is so... Uh, it's just palpable throughout. And we have Adam Strange, in the last couple issues, We we found out that he's been tortured, basically, for a million lifetimes. Just, like, absolutely... Uh, brutalized, And in this issue, I, it just re rephrases him. Um, he's gone through so much trauma. He's, like, a fully broken person. And Doc Shaner's art, like, he still has these, like, perfectly clear blue eyes, but you just see the pain that he's in and how he is just not capable of being a hero. And that adds so much dread to the scenes with his daughter. And then meanwhile, you have Mr. Terrific and Batman trying to sort through a great sequence with the Mr. Terrific, like answering trivia questions from one of his fears. Like, I am so excited to see where this is going. I am
0: starting to feel, despite what I said at the beginning, that this is more about perspectives on war and how nobody is right uh, that yeah. there isn't really a villain. I know I said maybe you know, Adam Stray was the villain, but I think it's he committed atrocities. The picks committed atrocities. That's what happens in war. We know that Tom King has been in wars. He was in the CIA. He knows how this works. And I think that's what he's writing about here is that from the perspective of your side, of course you're right, but that doesn't mean that you're right for the perspective of the other side. And I, I think yeah. that's what he's playing with here.
2: That there, there there are no heroes. Exactly. Uh, like, it's very hard to have a hero when you're in a a war where both sides are fighting to kill and fighting for their lives. And I think that's what we're going to get next issue.
0: Yeah. Next up, an unkindness of Ravens. Number five from boom studios written by Tan Ponosian, art by Mariana Ignazzi. This is the end of the first arc, first book, whatever you want to call it of this title. Uh, we've had our main characters try to figure out what's going on in this weird, small town here. Spoiler, but she finds out her mother is alive. Uh, she had a twin sister who had some power maybe but it turns out actually she didn't uh it turns out she might have the power she might be the one that is supposed to complete this covenant of witches or whatever is going on here um we were big fans of this when really we started how did you feel about how it wrapped up
2: i like this so much like i think it's set up a good mystery i really the art is so approachable it makes you really like feel like you're right alongside um uh, the main characters and this last uh last couple of pages reveal like is just so sweet and it does such a good job especially with the r of being very like archie or comic book sabrina um but having like more mature themes and more um sort of deeper storytelling than those original comics Deeply about you. I
1: really like this. This continues to be a a fantastic book. I've been really impressed with uh, kind of how we're finding out the information as the story is going and this whole thing about this kind of uh, coven of witches called the Ravens. And it's just very cool. And I really like this kind of mother daughter interaction. I feel like. You know, it's very kind of like old timey versus now times. This kind of like there's a bigger picture and then, you know, uh, but somebody just so caught up in their own shit, they can't kind of see the bigger things going on. So I I was really uh, impressed with that. The art's glorious. Uh, I'm really into it. And I'm excited to see how this kind of unfolds, what choice she makes uh, moving forward, like what team she's going to choose. Good stuff. Last
0: but not least, Colonel Weird Cosmogog number four from DC uh, Dark Horse Comics. Excuse me. Written by Jeff Lemire. Art by Tyler Crook. Uh, This is also wrapping up this title, exploring one of the members of Black Hammer. There's a big emotional catharsis that happens here as he moves forward in his history. Um, I thought this title was awesome just tyler crook's art is phenomenal so the writing good. is great uh we've talked about this before i've said this before but it's like slaughterhouse five in space uh
2: good stuff Centered on an adam strange type yeah. character uh, i mean we've talked we've talked a lot about eyeballs in this yeah, um, sure episode of the stack um and in this eyeball comic, heavy like, stack yeah eyeball <laughs> heavy Um, I've been just licking these eyeballs, uh, lapping them up. Um, and this, like you just see so much pain, um, in, in the different versions of, of, colonel weird throughout time throughout this book and it's just so good it's such a well-done story
1: i think the the cover says so much it's like the little prince in outer space but sad it's uh yeah it's that cover is so good yeah go ahead yeah it's really unbelievable um yeah i I feel like i you know i want to read it all again because it ended and i was like wait what uh, so I wasn't sure how great the ending is until I want to go back and read it all again but I've it was really cool very creative and the art's unbelievable
0: and that is it for the stack. If you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comics at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live for this podcast and more iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. Until next time, keep supporting Dim Comics. <laughs> time for stabbing rehearsal.